I preached this message or form of this message some years ago in this church. Some of you may remember it. I entitled it Peak to Peak. Today I'm kind of doing a revised standard version of that message. Not only peak to peak, but I want to give you uh, a view from heaven of what it's like to go through the valley or the wilderness you may be in right now. There's a purpose in the valley you're going through. There is a work that God longs to do in your heart. Now, I think last time I preached this message, I was a lot younger, and I used to climb these ladders and sit on top of them. I'm just going to stand right here. But I want you to take these ladders. I want you to see these. this is a mountaintop, all right? That's another mountaintop. I don't know if you've ever been on a mountaintop with the Lord, but it's wonderful. You're on the mountain with God, and His glory is so great. You sense His presence. Every prayer you prayed seems to get answered. You lay hands on the sick, and they recover. It's just wonderful. Your worship is just out of sight. You pick up the Bible, and you read it, and it just like jumps off the pages into your life, and it's wonderful. Anybody been there with the Lord? It's great to be on the mountaintop. One day, you're sitting on this mountaintop, and you say, Lord, this is great, but I think there's more. He said, oh, there's more. Well, I want, I, want to, I want more. He says, okay, take a look over there. And you look and you see a mountain peak higher than the mountain peak you're on. You take a peak at the next peak. He said, that's a higher place. That's a, that's a deeper place with me. You want to go there? And you say in your excitement, oh, I want to go there. He said, you sure? Oh, yes, sir, I'm sure. Let's go. He said, all right. If you want to go there, you've got to come down from the mountain you're on. And you say, well, okay, I can do that. And you start climbing down the mountain, and you get there, and you have in your mind, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going from this mountain. Well, I'm just going to go straight over here to this mountain. God says, not so fast. He said, that's a different place of where you've come from. And before you can get there, you've got to go through the valley or a wilderness before you get to that next mountain peak. Sometimes you must, you got to go over here. Then you got to go over here. You're like the children of Israel. When they came out of Egypt, you realize it was just an 11-day journey through the wilderness to the promised land. 11 days. Someone probably thought, well, hey, we can handle this. Let's go. But God said, no. Deuteronomy 8.2 says this. He says, I'm not going to let you go 11 days to the promised land. I'm going to take you 40 years through the wilderness. I've got to humble you. I've got to test you. I've got to see what's in your heart and see if you will obey my commandments. Now, you think God needed to see what was in their heart? No, he knew what was in their heart. Who needed to see what was in their heart? They needed to see what was in their heart. What was in their heart? Murmuring, complaining, doubting, disbelief. And God brought it all to the surface. And he dealt with it. It took 40 years. I pray it won't take you 40 years to get through your valley. Sometimes it does. It takes longer than it should. Mountaintop experiences, I love them. Remember Elijah, the prophet? He was on the mountaintop with God. 
He was faced off for 400 prophets of Baal, pagan god. And he started making fun of them. He said, Let's, let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to say who's God's really God. He said, you get your sacrifice, make it ready, and you call on your God, and we'll see who God answers by fire. And they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed, and it, nothing worked. They cut themselves. Elijah said, come on, man, your God, he must be asleep. He, 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 it says that he must be in there. He must be relieving himself. You got to pray harder than that. Nothing happened. And it was Elijah's turn, and he was on that mountain, and they said, prepare my sacrifice. And they prepared it. He said, why don't you just pour water on top of it? And they poured, drenched it in water. And he says, all right, stand back. And he called on the God of heaven, and fire came from heaven and consumed the sacrifice. That's a mountaintop experience. 400 prophets of Baal were wiped out that day. What a mountaintop experience. But guess what? Elijah came down off the mountain into the valley, and a voice began to speak. He heard a loud shout. You know who it was? Jezebel. Jezebel screamed, Elijah, what you did to my prophets, I'm going to do to you. I'm going to take your life by this time tomorrow. He had just faced off 400 prophets of Baal, and all of a sudden fear gripped his heart. Fear gripped his heart, and he began to run And he was in that valley, and it was dark, and it was deep. And he came to the place where he says, Lord, I just want to die. It'd be better for me to die than to live. The prophet of God, he was just on the mountaintop. But now he found himself in a valley, and he wants to, he doesn't want to kill himself. He just wants God to kill him. I'm glad God didn't answer that prayer. God had something for Elijah to do. Jesus had a mountaintop experience when he was water baptized. Do you remember that? 30 years old, he came down to John the Baptist, and he was water baptized. And the Spirit of God came down out of heaven like a dove and lit upon him. Everybody saw it. And then a voice, an audible voice from heaven saying, This is my Son, my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Wow, what a mountaintop experience that was. And the next chapter... Chapter 4, verse 1. You know what it says? And Jesus was led by the Spirit into, where? The wilderness. And who did he face in the wilderness? The devil himself, face to face with the devil. The Bible says that when a demon is cast out of man, it happened when a demon was cast out. And the demon was cast out of this man, but he says he roamed in dry places. I don't know about you, but the valleys in the wilderness are dry places. And demons are roaming around dry places. They're looking for a home. They're looking for a place to light. And sometimes we, we give them permission to light on us sometimes. But they're looking in those dry places, and, man, it can be dry and you can get thirsty, and you, it's just, if you've been in a valley, you've been in one of those wilderness experiences. Jesus had another one. He was on top of a mountain, and he, he took Peter, James, and John with him. We know it as the Mount of Transfiguration. He said, man, come on up here. I've got to show you something. And he goes up to the mountain with his closest buddies, and all of a sudden, he is transfigured before that. That means he 
turned dazzling white. And Moses and Elijah shows up with him on the mountain. And they begin to have a conversation. Woo, Peter said, this is good, Lord. I'll tell you what we need to do. Now, one scripture says, Peter, not knowing what to say, said. Peter just spoke. He didn't know what to do. And he was so... It was so exciting. He said, I know what we need to do, Lord. Let's build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And then the voice from heaven came again. This is my son. Listen to him. What a mountaintop experience that must have been. And then it says they came down off the mountain. Guess who did they run into? A demon-possessed boy who was having seizures. And the devil was trying to kill him. And the father of that boy said, Jesus, I brought him to your disciples so they couldn't cast this demon out. Jesus said, ah, what am I going to do with you? And he set that boy free. But the fact is, he, he faced a demon after being on a mountaintop with the Lord. I love mountaintop experiences. But when I get there, there's a hunger to want more of God. And he says, son, take a look over there. I want you to go there. Okay, I'm ready, Lord. And I make a beeline. He said, no, I don't, I don't need you to go there. There's some things I need you to learn first. There's some things I've got to work in you before you can go there. There's things I've got to take out of you that don't need to be there before you can go there. I need to teach you some lessons. So we find ourselves not going toward the mountain, but going away from the mountain. And we find ourselves in a dark place, in a dry place, in a thirsty place, in a hard place. We find our place and we find ourselves in a place things are going on we don't understand. You pick up the Bible and you read it and you go, "Ah, what does that mean? You can't understand the Bible. You pray and it seems like your prayers go this high and then right back down to the ground. You try to worship and just not feeling it. That's what the valleys are like. Some of you are in one of those valleys this very moment. And you have this thought, i tell you what I'll do. Let me just, Lord, I've changed my mind. I just want to go back to where I was. Let me just go back to that mountain. That, was, that, that sufficed. But when you look back at the mountain you just came from, fog is covering that mountain. You can't see it. Fog, F-O-G, the favor of God is covering the mountain. It's the favor of God that's covering it. The favor of God is the grace of God's covering them because he doesn't want you to go backwards. He wants you to go forwards. Sometimes we're content on just going backwards. But he says, I don't have any pleasure in those that go backwards. I need you going forward. So the fog covers it up. Remember what he told the children of Israel. I'm leading you through this wilderness because I've got to humble you. There's some pride there. I've got to take it out. I've got to test you. I've got, I've got to put you in the fire I've got to know what's in your heart. I want you to see what's really in your heart. Have you ever been in that valley and something came up and you go, where did that come from? Lord, I, I'm sorry, I didn't really mean to say that. 
something just came up and you said, Lord, I thought I dealt with that. He said, no, it's it's still there. Turns up the heat a little bit. He said, I want to see if you will obey my word. What you learned on this mountain, I want to see if you'll apply it in this valley. Let's see if you'll obey my word. You're going to rely not on how you feel. Now, first lesson. Now, the first lesson is, I want to see if they'll trust me. Now, this is heaven's perspective on your valley. Now, something about heaven. There are angels in heaven. Ooh, I love to study about angels. The Bible says that angels or ministering spirits sent to minister to those that will be heirs of salvation. That is, angels are sent to minister to us all around us right now. We can't see it if we could. There are angels. When Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil, after it was all over with, it says an angel came and strengthened him. When Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, praying and sweating great drops of blood, after he had broke through that prayer, it says an angel came. And strengthen them. There are angels waiting to come and minister to us in the valley. They're all ready. They said, now, Lord. And the Lord said, no, not yet. Uh, Not yet. I I, want to teach them something. First of all, I want to see if they really will trust me when they don't feel me. Will they trust me when I don't answer their prayers the way they think I should answer their prayers? Will they trust me before you go? Wait, let's see if they will trust me like they trust me on the mountain. Will they trust me in the valley? Second lesson, will they praise me like they praise me on the mountain? Will they praise me? Will they offer up a sacrifice of praise? I know it's going to cost them something. Because they don't feel my presence. It's going to cost them something. But David said, I'll never never offer God anything that costs me something. But in the valley, it costs you something. To offer up a sacrifice of praise to the Lord. The fruit of your lips giving praise to God. Some of you came in today. You were in a valley and you praised Him anyway. The angels are ready to come. God said, no, 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 let let me just see. Will they praise me? When they don't sense I'm around, when it's dark, will they praise me like Paul and Silas praised me when it was midnight in the prison? It was midnight, dark. The midnight hour is always dark. And Paul and Silas chained up in prison. It says at midnight, they began to sing hymns. You know what it says? And the prisoners... We're listening. Ooh. People are listening to you. Some people know you're going through a valley, a difficult time. And they're wondering. Some people that are lost, they don't know Jesus. They're watching you. They're listening. Let's see how they go through this. Will you be Paul in silence and at midnight you offer up your prayer? The prisoners are listening. Someone even that night got born again. Because they learned to praise Jesus in the wilderness. People are listening to you. Will you trust him 
Will you praise him? Will you pray to him in that wilderness? You know, it's one thing when we're on the mountaintop and we pray, and it seems like, man, prayers are getting answered. You've got to open heaven. It's wonderful. But when you get here in the valley, sometimes you pray. I don't know how many times I got on my knees when I was walking in the valley, and I got on my knees. I said, Lord, I'm coming to pray. And I did not feel one thing. It's like the heavens were brass. Lord, I know I don't feel you, but I know this is the right thing to do. I'm going to lift my hands to you, Lord. I, I don't feel you, but I know this is the right thing to do. And I'd get up from that prayer meeting, and guess what? Things had not changed. I walked out, and it was still midnight. The Lord is saying to us that he wants us, he's, he's teaching us, he's trained to treat the valley just like you treat the mountaintop. That you're the same. People need to look at you and they may think you're on a mountaintop with God, but actually you're in a deep valley. But they don't know it because they look at you and say, Wow, they must have really had an encounter with God because you're worshiping God, your word. But in the inside, it's midnight dark. But nobody knows it unless you tell them. And sometimes I'll tell people, man, I'm in a valley. Because sometimes when you're in a valley, you need some help. Because sometimes, and no, not sometimes, all the time when you're in the valley, the voice of God is real quiet sometimes. But the voice of the enemy is shouting in your ear, just like he did to Job. Job's wife came to Job and said, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? Look at all you've gone through. This isn't worth it. That was his wife. And Job said, should I just expect good from God? I know one thing. My Redeemer lives. And Job never cursed God during his whole ordeal. But God is teaching us and training us and equipping us and empowering us that we treat the valley just like we treat the mountain. We worship the same. We pray the same. We praise the same. And the Lord says, I want to see if they will really honor me. Will they honor my word? I taught them my word when they were on that mountain. Will they honor my word when they're in the valley, when they don't understand what I'm doing? Will they believe me? Will they believe what Pastor Jeff said? Will they really trust my word and my promises? Or will they discard it? Will they listen to the devil? The devil shouted at Eve one day, did God really say, come on, don't eat of that fruit. Come on, look at that fruit. Oh, it's beautiful. It'll make you just like God. She gave in. And here we are. What a mess. You're going to face the same thing because the devil is the same. He, he doesn't change. And he whispers in your ear. He said, did God really make these promises to you? Come on. You're not experiencing these problems. Well, you, that's not, no. Let me give you another lesson. Truth above facts. I like this. 
when you get in the valley in this wilderness, you're going to see facts right before your face. Facts. What what do I mean by that? When the blind man came to Jesus, it was a fact. That man was blind. He could not see. But truth rose up and said, I am the light of the world. And he opened those blind eyes. When the woman with an issue of blood came to Jesus, she had been bleeding for 12 years and went to every doctor and was no better. That's a fact. But truth said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know there's healing in those wings. That's what truth says. Truth is greater than facts. Some of you have got a report from a doctor. Here the facts are. All the doctor knows how to do is say, here are the facts, ma'am. This is it. And you read the facts, and the devil's saying, see? God's not really God to you. He doesn't love you. Look at That's the facts. But the truth says, by his stripes, I am healed. The truth says, he was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity, chastised so I could have peace, and by his stripes I am healed. That's what the truth says. Truth is greater than the facts. The facts may say, your wife or your husband wants to divorce you. That may be the facts. And because of that, you have a broken heart. But the truth says, he is a healer of the broken heart. Truth versus fact. This is what he wants you to learn. Truth is greater than fact. It doesn't matter how you feel. It just matters what his word says. Lord, I know this is what I've just heard. It's a fact. But here's what your word says. And you claim the exceedingly great and precious promises of God. You stand on them when you don't feel anything. Standing on your word, Lord. I'm trusting you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you. And I'm going to honor you regardless of how I may feel. God is speaking to somebody today. I saw myself doing this. Somebody's in trouble in this room today. You're in a valley surrounded by darkness and demons are trying to find a place to rest. And if we give in to them, they may rest on us. Ezekiel was taken by the Spirit into a valley. What did he see? A bunch of dead, dry bones. I've gone into some of those valleys that I've had to go through, and I've looked around, and I see a bunch of dead, dry bones. People that went through that valley before I did. But they, oh, excuse me, they were in that valley. They didn't go through that valley. Psalm 23 says, Though I walk, what? Through 
the valley of the shadow of death. Some people don't walk through it. Some people get stuck in it. Some people die in the valley. They never come out. And there's a bunch of dead, dry bones. But thank God, Ezekiel was said by God, by the Spirit, prophesy over these bones. Ezekiel, these bones live? Lord, only you know. Let me just say, some of you may feel dead and dry right now, but I prophesy to the dead, dry bones to come alive today. Because there is life in them dead, dry bones. God's got a plan for you. And you may seem like you're going away from the mountain, but God is stirring some things up in you. You're getting closer. We don't know how close we are to that mountain. We don't know how close we are to climbing. And we get so down on ourselves. And the enemy is shouting in our ears. I say, Lord, like Elijah, like Jonah, like others that just, they wanted to die. You say, Lord, I'm through. Throw in the towel of life. You throw in the towel. Now listen, this is good. God throws it back to you. And he says, wipe your face. You're almost there. Listen. I come to tell you today, wipe your face. You're almost there. Let's don't let the devil lie to us any longer. Let's come through the valley. Let's get to the next mountaintop and we can start climbing and we can get to the top with the Lord once again. And let me just say, it's never going to stop because you're going to get on top of that mountain. You're going to feel so good. You're going to say, God, there must be more. And you say, oh, there's more. Take a peak. And you'll take a peak, and there's a higher peak than the one you're on. And you forgot about that valley. And you say, Lord, let's go there. He said, you sure? I'm sure. Let's go. He said, okay. To get to that one, you've got to come down this one. And some valleys are a lot longer, a lot deeper than other valleys. Some valleys, let me just say, I stayed in longer than God wanted me to stay there. Because I didn't trust Him. Lost my trust. Been through some valleys. You've been through some valleys I've never gone through. But there were times I, I just I lost my trust. I lost my praise. Just wasn't there. I couldn't pray. Didn't seem like I was really honoring God with my life. I wanted to throw in the towel. I said, son, don't do that. You're close. You're close. And I come today to let you know you're close. The devil's lied to some of you. I'll just tell you up front, I hate the devil. And there are times when I'm in the valley, and I've been through those valleys. My father got sick with cancer. There were thousands upon thousands of people praying for him. 
God did not answer that prayer the way we wanted to answer that prayer. He died. There was a little valley there. Sometimes when you're in that valley, you pray prayers that you just, you know it's the will of God. God wants to heal people. God wants to restore this marriage. And sometimes things don't happen the way you think they should happen. Even you read it in the Bible. Here's what the Bible says. But it just didn't work out that way because you don't realize God is in heaven. And he's looking at us. He said, I, I know you don't understand right now, but you will. One day you'll understand this. Why did my grandson have to go through three open heart surgeries before he was just, he was just a few months old? Why did Moses have to go through? That was my grandson's name, Moses. Open heart surgery. Why did he go through it? Staying at the hospital with him after his last surgery, he was three years old. And I just, Lord, is there another way? No, no other way. Lord said, this is going to save his life. I know God could have spoke a word and healed his heart. Never had to go through surgery. But God said, no, this is why I want to do it. Just trust me. Some of you have gone through some things you don't understand what happened the way it happened. Why did Kathy Wickwire have to go be with the Lord at such an early age? We prayed. We believed. But God says, i got a plan. Trust me. So we're going to trust him. I'm telling you here to trust him. Lift up those hands that are weary. Lift up that voice. Cry out to God. Lord, I don't understand, but I'm going to praise you anyway. I don't understand, but I'm going to trust you anyway. I'm going to worship you anyway. I don't know who I'm talking to today. But God sent me here. Saw it. Saw those ladders on the platform in my spirit. I want to pray for you this morning. If you just say, Pastor, that's, that's me. Man, I'm going through one of those valleys. I'm in a wilderness. Well, God may sent me here to let you know it's going to be okay. Some people, some people are so deep in the valley they couldn't, they couldn't even come to church. To, they, they didn't feel like they, they, even had, they didn't have enough faith to even get to church. But you did. I'm grateful you did. God sent me beside you to say, come on, it's, you're going to make it. You may have fallen. Come on, get up. You're closer than you think. So I want us to stand together. I'm going to ask you, if you would, those of you, that would you pray for me? Pray that I'll learn the lessons I need to learn and only stay in that valley, in that wilderness, as long as I need to so I can be ready to climb the next mountain. God, If that's you, I'm going to ask you just to come right now and join me right here in this altar. Just join me right here in this altar right now. This is for you.